On today's Locked on Giants podcast, we're looking at the Giants running back situation and how it all hinges on Saquon Barkley. That's coming your way next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, P-Train, credential member of the New York Giants media for Lothan, as well as for Giants Country over on the Fan Nation Network. And I want to send a special shout out to my everydayers, my Blue Crew community members, my newcomers, and everybody in between. You're all appreciated and loved by yours truly. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And on today's Lothan Giants podcast, we're continuing our look at the Giants position groups, where the biggest needs are, how they might address those needs, how they got to the situation they're in, um, you know, where things stand and all that good stuff. So we're going to look at the running backs groups today. And, you know, spoiler alert, this is kind of going to be a short segment with, with the running backs group. And I'll explain why as we get into it. And so later on in the program, in the third segment, I want to talk a little bit about the updated salary cap report the salary cap um, amount that is going to be announced probably at some point next week, if not before then, the NFL salary cap is going to be announced. So a lot of people have already asked me, hey, what happens if it's this amount? How does that affect the Giants cap? So we'll talk about that as well, because, you know, obviously salary cap, you need to know how much money you're talking about if you're going to sign guys and if you're going to acquire guys and whatnot. So it's all tied together, really. So but first, let's get into the running back situation. And, you know, to me, the whole situation with the running backs is tied into what happens with Saquon Barkley, what the Giants do with Barkley and what Barkley does with the Giants. All right. So where are we right now? Well, we know Saquon is 27 years old. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He does not want to be tagged a second year in a row. And, you know, who could blame him? The tag is not really beneficial for players. Behind Saquon Barkley, you have Matt Breida, who is going to be in UFA, a guy who I am not quite sure they're going to resign, if I'm being honest with you. And then you have uh, some young guys. You've got Gary Brightwell, you've got Deshaun Corbin, and you've got Eric Gray, who was a draft pick last year. So the Giants need to ask themselves some, some hard questions here and be honest with themselves as far as what the future holds for the running back spot. Now, Barkley has said that he would like to be a giant for life. He has said that multiple times. The Giants have indicated that they would like to work something out with Barkley. All right. Um, what that deal is going to look like? Well, I'll tell you what it's not going to look like. I don't see that deal exceeding $10 million a year. The franchise tag, for what it's worth, is scheduled to be about $12.4 million for running back this year. So, you know, you're starting to see more and more opinions come out that the Giants are not going to franchise tag Saquon. 
there's actually a way that I could see them doing it, which I'll explain in just a moment. But if you're talking about long-term and franchising Saquon long-term, I don't see that happening. You know, it's a little different situation this year than it was last year for the Giants. You go back to last offseason. The Giants were coming off a 9-7-1 and season, a playoff uh, berth, if you will. Um, they probably thought to themselves that, hey, the roster's a little bit better than we anticipated, so we'll just make a few tweaks and we'll bring the roster up to the next level. And suddenly, you know, you had everybody with their hopes high. And then, you know, reality set in. The, the Giants had injuries this past year. The injuries exposed several holes on the roster where depth was just lacking. Some guys just didn't step up and perform as expected. And the result was a six and 11 team. So with all the holes that were exposed by the, um, you know, this past season to allocate 12 million, 12.4 million of your cap space right off the bat to a running back just you can't do it this year. You cannot carry that amount the entire year like you did, the, you know, the year prior when you when the tag was like 10.1 million and the Giants had the flexibility to do that. So for that reason alone, I don't think the Giants are going to use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Now, I mentioned before that I could see a scenario where they do use the tag on him. So let me explain what I mean by that. The timing, let's look at the timing of the whole situation here. So the tag window opened up on February 20th, which is Tuesday. It closes March 5th. Free agency doesn't start until March 13th, 4 p.m., uh, actually 4.01 p.m. New York time. So here's where I could potentially see the Giants using the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Joe Shane has said that the plan is to sit down with Barkley's representatives at the Combine, which starts next week, see if they can't get a deal done. Now, if they get a deal done by the time they leave Indianapolis, great. We don't have to talk about this, you know, every day, or I don't have to write about it. It's done. It's over with. We get the numbers, we dissect them, um, and we call it a day. But if a deal does not get done by the end of uh, the Combine, but they are close to getting a deal done. Let's say, you know, they need a couple more days or something like that to kind of wrap things up. Then maybe it makes sense to use the franchise tag just as a placeholder. All right. Now, remember, the 12.4 million is going to come out of the cap right away, but the money won't hit the cap until March 13th. So if you put the franchise tag on Saquon and you say, look, we're doing this to make sure that nobody comes sweeping in with a poison pill type of a deal to steal you from out from under our noses because we're so close. The cap, in, in that case, the franchise tag can serve as a placeholder. All right. Then once the deal is, is obviously, you know, gets done, assuming it gets done before 4.01 PM on March 13th, then the cap, you know, the money gets readjusted and the giants get, you know, some cap space back. So that's the only scenario, really, I could see them potentially using the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. Um, I don't think they want to. You know, again, they can't afford to carry that cap number for multiple, you know, all year long. But that's a scenario where I think it would make sense. 
So, you know, there's still much to be determined here. And I, I think, you know, reports that the Giants have decided already what they're going to do, maybe just a little premature. Is Are they trending towards that direction? You know, the numbers and the logic would suggest that. But to definitively say that they're not going to use the, the uh, franchise tag on him, you have to take into consideration the other angles, if you will, the other possibilities. So, you know, you don't, if you want Saquon back, you don't want some team coming in and giving you, you know, giving him a outrageous contract that you just can't meet. So the Giants have to ask themselves, you know, just how far they're willing to go with a contract for him. And if that deal is, you know, what, what I just outlined for you, if that's something that they can live with and if that's something Saquon can live with. I think, you know, if, if they explain it in those terms, it is. But if the Giants just simply slap that franchise tag on him and say, all right, you know, we're not even close. You're not going anywhere. We're going to control your rights. We're going to maybe even look to tag and trade you. That's when it can get a little sticky. And I don't think the Giants will, will go down that path. I really don't. I'd be surprised if they go down that path. So that's kind of how I see the franchise tag kind of playing out for Saquon. Um, look, he's 27 years old. He's coming off another injured season. Um, maybe you can make the case that some of his that his best is behind him now, and you don't want to spend big money, you know, on 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 him. Um, I keep saying, you know, what makes the most sense is a three year deal. The third year being avoidable uh, year, fifteen million guaranteed, which is a little more than the the um, the franchise tag amount. And if you spread that over three years, it comes out to what five million a year something they'll be able to absorb if they decide to move on from him. You know, you put incentives into the deal that can help boost the total amount up to, uh, you know, a respectable top five APY, which as I've said in the past, APY doesn't really mean anything, but to some players it does. It's the guaranteed money that really means, you know, the most for players. So that's what I think is going to happen with Saquon. I Again, the first preference is get a deal done, wrap it up at the combine, and let's put it to bed. But if it doesn't, that's just something to keep an eye on, using that franchise tag temporarily to, to keep him, you know, to keep other teams away from swooping in, especially during the legal tampering period that precedes the start of free agency. Keep them away from, from uh, you know, meddling, if you will with the Giants negotiations. So, all right, coming up next, what happens if nothing gets done with Saquon? Where do the Giants go from here? We'll talk about that right after this. Hey, Giant fans, football season is over, but that doesn't mean the excitement of betting on sports is over. Because right now you can get buckets when you place your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And coming up on Locked on Giants, 
We're going to talk to OCU Manura. I'm going to do the interview on Thursday, and that show will air Friday. We will kind of interrupt our position-by-position position look because I do want to get that interview out there. And uh, the plan with OC is to talk a little bit about the Giants, of course. Why not? Former Giant, right? Um, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about the NFL's International Pathway Program. OC, for those of you who missed it, was one of the stars of the NFL's commercial Really well done commercial, by the way, um, at, for the uh, International Pathway Program. And OC, for those of you who don't know, he was born in London, um, grew up part of his youth uh, in Nigeria. And, of course, he came over to the United States and sought a career as a football player. And he found one, and he was pretty successful. So, you know, it just makes for a nice story. And it's a very fitting that OC, who's kind of like, you know, one of the, the main basis of that international program, that international pathway program was in the commercial. So we'll talk about that. And of course, we'll get some of his perspectives on the Giants. That's coming up. Um, the show will enter on Friday. So I hope you will enjoy that. So anyway, let's continue talking about the position groups. All right. We're talking running backs. Now, what happens if the Giants don't get something done with Saquon? Or if they do, what do the Giants do? Well, I've already noted that I don't think they're going to bring back Matt Breida. I'd be surprised if Matt Breida comes back. He's a UFA. I also am of the opinion that the plan for the running backs is to go to more of a committee approach. We started to see a little bit of that last year, actually, where Saquon maybe wasn't part of the third down package for a while. Um, look, I, I think the older he gets the more bumps and bruises he absorbs, chances are they're going to scale him back so as to keep him as fresh as possible for the entire year. So I think they go to more of a committee approach. Now, the question is, would they have enough if they bring Saquon back? Um, would they have enough with Saquon, with Eric Gray, with Sean Corbin and Gary Brightwell? And by the way, I don't, I'm not so sure both Corbin and Brightwell make the roster next year, but that's to be determined. Well, Eric Gray, we saw a very small sample size, so the jury's still out on him, but I do think they're going to want to try and see a little bit more of what he brings to the table on offense. You know, I think they spent a little too much time last year trying to jam him into that return man's role, which for which he was not suited. So I think this year we'll see more of him as, as a running back on offense. Um, I do think they're going to want to bring in a veteran to this group. I think they, you know, it would behoove them regardless of Saquon is back or not. And two names I'm going to give you that, you know, I think might make sense that also maybe won't cost them an arm and a leg. DeAndre Swift from the Eagles and Clyde Edwards Hilari from the Chiefs. Both of those guys are younger than Saquon. They've been productive I would kick the tires on them. You know, I, I, again, the draft class, I look at that and, 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 you know, interesting stat with the draft class um, that I'm going to, I'm going to share with you. I was doing some research on this and um, one of the things I found, which was kind of cool, um, there was a five-year average, a five-year rate of how many time, you know, how many running backs were drafted from uh, 2018 to 2023. And last year, only 18 running backs were selected in the draft. And, and it's interesting because last year, 
the word was the running backs class was pretty strong, was pretty deep, but yet only 18 running backs were drafted last year. The average over the last five years is 20.3. The 18 that I mentioned for last year was the lowest total in the span of 2018 to 2023. So you kind of see the devaluation, the continued devaluation of the running backs group in the draft. So you look at the Giants and you say, you know, they don't really have, you know, they have a need there, but is it as high up as cornerback two or offensive line or quarterback or edge rusher? I think we can all agree that that it's not. So, you know, you're never going to fill every single need in an off season. Um, you have to prioritize. And I just think, you know, it's free agency is the way the Giants are going to go when it comes to the running back situation. They're going to have to get another guy. I think regardless if Saquon is, is here or not, I think it will be a young veteran, somebody who can, you know, serve as a, both a, a runner and also a receiver out of the backfield. It just makes too much sense. As far as a draft pick goes, I, I just don't see it. I mean, with limited resources and so many other needs, you know, interior defensive line is another need. You know, you can make the case that maybe safety is going to be another need. I just don't think that running back is going to be high up on the pecking order when the draft comes around. Now, again, it depends on how the board falls. Um, but right now, I can't see the Giants, even if they do draft the running back, I can't see them taking anybody before day three. I would be very, very surprised if they take anybody before, you know, like the fourth round. So that's kind of where I see the situation with the running back going on this team. Again, ideally, re-sign Saquon to a, a, a reasonable deal. Let him finish out his career as a Giant. And look, I mentioned this on in an article in Giants Country. I'll mention it again here. Saquon, you know, his chance to get a huge payday has, I think, passed. I get it that he wants to be respected. I get it that, you know, ideally he'd like to be amongst the top five paid running backs in the league. But if financial security at the end of the day is what is most important to you, and you know that, okay, your football contract is maybe not what you think it's going to be or what you would like it to be, but because you're so marketable, you're going to have all these, you know, national brands coming after you, asking you to endorse their products. There's more than one way to secure financial stability. And I think in this market, it would behoove Saquon to stay in this market where he's getting national deals, you know, like Marriott, Dunkin' Donuts, and and uh, Visa, and, and you know, um, I think he got Silk his, was his latest marketing endeavor. I think it just behooves him to stay in this market because he will get the financial security that I'm sure he's looking for. Maybe not all of it comes from his football contract, but then again, you know, football contracts very rarely are they fully guaranteed. So, you know, you got to think outside the box. And Saquon is smart enough, I think, to realize that, and. Um, I also think he's smart enough to know that he's maybe starting the back end of his career now. And, you know, even though he does a great job keeping himself in good shape and coming into camp and being prepared and studying and doing everything he needs to do to be successful, I still think that, you know, 
ultimately they're going to kind of move away from him as the bell cow and move more towards a, a fuller committee moving forward. So, all right, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about the latest reports regarding the 2024 NFL salary cap, what that means for the Giants, how much are they looking at? That's coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, keep up with the comings and goings of the New York Giants this offseason and continue the conversation with yours truly as a member of the Locked on Giants Blue Crew community. Get exclusive content and opportunities delivered directly to your phone. And if you like it, do nothing and continue for just $4.99 a month. If you don't like it, simply cancel out before your 14-day trial period is over and own nothing. For more information or to register, visit joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants. That's joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnNYGiants. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm your host, Patricia Trana. And again, thank you for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. If you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Let's talk salary cap because this is on everybody's mind. I know it's on my mind. You know, I like to look at the salary cap. I like to do, you know, contract restructures and forecasting and all that stuff. But you just can't do it until you know what the salary cap is going to be. Now, over the last couple of days, Pro Football Talk, has uh, had reports that the salary cap, which over the cap initially projected to be around $242 million, could be anywhere between $243 and $245. Today, Pro Football Talk put out a report quoting one of their sources as saying that the salary cap for 2024 could go as high as $250 million. Think about that, a quarter of a billion dollars. Wow, what could you buy with a quarter of a billion dollars? But anyway, <laughs> hopefully a winning football team, right? But anyway, all right, so let's say it does go that high. What does that mean for the giant salary cap space? Now, remember, all NFL teams can carry over anything that was left over from 2023. The Giants had, I believe, 2.9 million, I want to say leftover from 2023, once all the postseason accounting was done. You know, the payout of incentives and bonuses, the cap credits, all that stuff. That's all part of the postseason accounting. So the Giants are carrying over 2.9 million, approximately 2.9 million to their, which gets added on to whatever space they have once the new salary cap is set minus whatever cap liabilities they already have committed to. Cap liabilities, of course, being current contracts that are on the books, dead money, you know, so all that stuff is, is considered a liability. So what would the Giants be looking at if it goes up to $250 million, all right? So not counting the carryover, the Giants' estimated total, not effective cap space, effective cap space is something different, which I'll explain in a moment, the Giants' total should jump up to approximately $24.96 million. That's a pretty big jump, ladies and gentlemen. Um, currently, over the cap, as it projected at uh, for the total, $19.452 million. So we're talking quite a jump there. Now, the effective cap space 
That I didn't calculate, but let you know to ex- again explain the difference here. Effective cap space is the amount of space they will have under the top 51 rule that goes into effect starting on the newly year, which this year is March 13th. So that's really the money that they have to allocate to free agents acquisitions. And the way it works is every time they sign a new free agent, if his salary qualifies for inclusion in the top 51, it knocks somebody out of the top 51. So let's say, um, actually, let me see if I can give you a real real time example here. Let me just go to over the cap real quick. And I'll give you a real time example. All right. So right now, the top 51 cutoff, the last guy on the top 51 cutoff is Giants linebacker Darian Beavers, who has a $795,000 cap hit. Let's say the Giants sign a running back. All right. Um, let's say, let's say they they re-sign Saquon. All right. Saquon is definitely going to get more than $795,000, right, for his first year's cap. So he's going to knock Beavers out of the top 51. And the difference is going to be whatever Barkley's first year cap number is less Beavers cap number. So let's say Barkley's first year cap number is, let's say it's 4.795 million. All right. So you subtract 799, uh, Hundred seventy-five thousand from that four point nine seven five, and that's your difference. All right, so that's how much money gets eaten up by the effective space. So you know, figuring that again, it's that's why the cap is always fluid. You know, that's why you know when I get the questions every day, oh, what did the Giants have in cap space? It's fluid, folks, and it's going to be until basically the roster settles down, and you know, all the the fifty-three is final finally set and the dead money is all accounted for and whatnot. So, but that's a little overview of what the giants are potentially looking at. If the salary cap for 2024 hits 250 million, I think it's going to be a little less than that, but nonetheless, it's going to be probably a little bit more projected than what over the cap has. And that's just based on a rough estimate that I did. So every little bit helps bottom line. Um, whatever the Giants can get as far as space, that means they'll have to do fewer restructures right off the bat. I do anticipate they're going to cut some guys. You know, I think Mark Lewinsky is, is going to be cut. That's going to open up some more space. But as far as, you know, going crazy and saying, oh, they've got to restructure um, Dexter Lawrence. They've got to restructure um, Andrew Thomas. No. They don't have to unless they need that money, unless the money dwindles down and there's a move they want to make. That's when you're going to see them restructure those contracts. But to to do it right off the bat doesn't make any sense because now you're kicking the can down the road and you don't want to have a situation every year like what they have this year, which is basically they have multiple contracts, in this case, three contracts that have voidable years, but that count for $6.5 million in dead money against their cap. So that's how I see it playing out. Of course, we will find out. And once I have that information, I'll be able to do a little bit more as far as the explanation goes with the cap and how that could be applied and where they stand and all that good stuff. So make sure you keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast for all that, as well as our continued series 
on a, as we look at the different position groups and our upcoming interview with Giants, former Giants defensive end, O.C. Uminura, one of my, my favorites from back in the day. That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Giant fans, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.